is so, so good to be here. I want to begin with a word from Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 20. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Let me read one more time. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Father, today, in this place, may we see the abundance. May we see that you are the God of more than enough. The God who gives life. The God who gives hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a really exciting time to be a part of Shiloh Road. And as David said, what an amazing gift and opportunity that we can be in here and we have this place to come and things still feel like we are with family. It feels like we're supposed to be here, like we belong here. And last week, what an incredible day. And I hope you got to be a part of both the morning and the evening because it was just an incredible day where God, I think, just blew us away. But what we've said from the beginning is this REACH Sunday, this REACH initiative is not really about today. It is about reaching today into tomorrow. That we have the ability to leave a legacy. And we have the ability to reach into tomorrow and touch the lives of people tomorrow. People that you may never see or know. When I talked about last week being 76 years old, 37 years from now. I realized that some of you won't be here 37 years from now. And I don't mean that bad. I don't mean today's your day. It's just the nature of the beast. But you have the ability right now to touch and affect people's lives that you may never see and may never know. And this story that we've been looking at each week of this REACH initiative, if you've noticed we've kind of camped out in the same story and looked at a little different aspect of it each week, but we come to the end of this story where the disciples have these 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that are left over. The story begins with Jesus feeding these 5,000 people. Jesus has just lost his friend, his teacher, his rabbi, John, who was beheaded by Herod. And he's trying to escape, but these people follow him. 
And he has compassion on them. And he loves them. And he heals them. And he speaks to them. And the day is continuing on. It's going longer. And the people don't want to leave. The people are so focused on Jesus' words that they're not leaving. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that man does not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I think the people truly believed that. They wanted the bread of God more than they wanted bread itself. And so they were there with Jesus, and he's teaching, and the disciples come to him with this problem that there's no place to get food and there's no resources. What are we to do? Let's send them away and let them go and get food. And Jesus tells them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And so the disciples begin to look at resources and they begin to look at possibilities and they tell Jesus that there's no way that we can do this. We don't have the resources. We don't have the access to food to give them something to eat. And in John's account of the story, he says, they look around and they find this little boy who has five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus says, bring them to me. I think it's interesting. As we get to the end of the story, the writers begin to point out that there were 5,000 men there besides women and children. And the gift of the five loaves and the two fish comes from the one that no one counted. Here's this little boy, the one who's not in the number that Jesus counts on. It's the one that no one was willing to count that Jesus counted on for this small gift. And he takes the fish, he takes the loaves, and he lifts them up and prays and thanks God for them. He blesses them and he breaks them. And he hands them to the disciples and the disciples begin to hand them to the people. And they start to move throughout the crowds and they notice that, that it's not slowing down, that everyone's getting food to eat. And 5,000 besides the women and children, eat that day. They all ate. And they were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And I wonder, well, okay, where, where did the baskets come from? I, I don't know if this was just some expression of a form of measurement or if they literally had baskets here's my guess is these are fishermen who earlier that morning got off their boat and they're right there and these fishermen fish all day and they pull in these large catches of fish from their nets and they use these massive baskets to load them up and take the fish off of the boat to the dock and so let's grab these baskets and let's fill them with these leftover pieces these broken pieces of bread and then watch what happens next. Immediately, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
Immediately, Jesus makes his disciples get into the boat. I'm guessing one of the things that goes with them in the boat is the baskets of broken pieces. And if you look at Mark's account when he feeds the 4,000, Jesus seems kind of frustrated, or at least the disciples seem kind of frustrated, that they forgot when they got on the boat to get the bread and take it with them that was left over from the feeding of the 4,000. I'm guessing the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces are placed on the boat. And Jesus places them on the boat, he dismisses the crowd, and he goes up to a mountainside to pray. And while he's up there praying, the disciples begin moving across the lake in this boat, rowing, and it says that the boat is buffeted by the wind and the waves. The storm comes up. And the word buffeted means that there was chaos. That this is not just a little bit of wind. This is a storm. This is trouble. This is, hey, we're going to have to work really hard, and there are some possibilities in this situation. And in the storm, as it comes up, the disciples begin to work really hard to make it across. I find it really interesting that Jesus put them on the boat. He made them get on the boat. He put them in the storm and sent them across. And yet, he was not in the boat with them for the storm. And they're separated, it seems, from Jesus. They're separated from Jesus first by distance. That Jesus is up on a mountain and they are down on the lake in the storm, rowing across. They're separated by darkness. And I'm guessing that they have no idea where Jesus is. But I do imagine that Jesus up on this mountainside can see little flickers of them. As the lightning begins to flash and illuminate the sky, there are the disciples rowing on the water, and Jesus still sees them. Even though they're separated by the distance, even though they're separated by the darkness, I would imagine Jesus is still watching them. And then they're separated by the danger. As they're moving across the water, there is the danger of what could be, of what could happen. And these disciples are here. So you have Jesus up on the mountainside and you have the boys in the boat. You have the boys in the boat, and they're in a mess. But they're in a mess because Jesus put them in a mess. And I think we have this weird theology at some times where we start to think, well, if if bad things are happening, or if difficult times come, it's because Satan is attacking us. But understand this. The boys in the boat are in a mess Because Jesus put them in a mess. Jesus put them in a storm. Jesus put them in a really difficult place. God will take you 
to places you have not chosen to go in order to produce in you what you are incapable of producing on your own. The Bible calls that grace. God will take you to places you have not chosen to go in order to produce in you what you are incapable of producing on your own. The Bible calls that grace. He puts the boys in the boat in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the struggle, and it seems the whole time that Jesus is absent, that he's checked out. But as he sees them struggling against the wind and the waves in the the late hours of the morning, he walks out on the water. He begins to walk on the water towards the boat. And I love Mark's account. Because Mark says Jesus seeing them and walking on the water was going to walk on by. Hey guys. And they cry out in fear. To Jesus. And listen to what happens. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water. And came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And I just imagine the scene in the middle of the storm, in the wind and the waves. I wonder if Peter is there in the boat pushing baskets of broken pieces of bread aside to step out of the boat and on to the water. In the middle of the storm, he sees Jesus, his rabbi, his teacher, walking on the water, and Peter has the passion, the chutzpah, to say, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Peter steps out of the boat. He steps out of the boat, and I wonder if in his passion, if he's pushing aside broken pieces of bread, reminders of what God has just done. This amazing miracle where he has fed the multitude, where he has given the blessing of the bread of life to these people. Not just with the words from his mouth, but the physical pieces. And there are these broken pieces that are left over and placed in the basket and probably placed on the boat. And Peter walks by. And in that moment, Peter walks on the water. And I I think we have this tendency to say, well, Peter, Peter fails. No, Peter succeeds. Peter does exactly what Jesus called him to do. He steps out of the boat in faith and he begins to walk on the water. 
And the problem is when he gets out of the boat and he gets onto the water, he begins to see what surrounds him. He begins to see the situation he's in. He begins to see his circumstances. And he begins to lose focus. And as he loses focus, he loses sight of Jesus. And he becomes fearful of his situation, of his surroundings. And he begins to sink. And in that moment, in fear, he cries out, to Jesus. And it's interesting, just a few moments before, it seemed like Jesus was so distant from them. But there, when Jesus has called Peter out of the boat, Jesus is still close enough to reach out his hand and to lift up Peter. The disciples who were probably beginning to wonder, where is Jesus? He put us here. He put us in the boat. He put us in this mess. Why isn't he helping us out? And I wonder if this is one of those moments for all of the disciples. Where God has put them in a place to produce in them something that they were incapable of producing in themselves. That they were incapable of growing until they got in the situation, until they got in the middle of the mess, until they got in the difficulty. See, it's so many times, it's on the other side of the uncertainty that we get new eyes. It's on the other side of the pain that we begin to see new. I wonder, if Jesus looks at these 12 basketfuls and says to his disciples, hey, save the scraps because you're going to need them. You might not need the scraps to eat, but you might need the scraps to remind you that God's blessings are abundant. You might need the leftover broken pieces. You might need the scraps as you begin to walk through those difficult times to say, I know that God has provided for me in the past, and I know he's carried me through the difficult days, and I know he's helped me through the long sleepless nights, and I find myself here again in the storm, and I know he's going to do it again. Because I look back and I see the broken pieces in the boat with me. And I pushed them aside, and I stepped out of the boat. How many of us have began following Jesus with the passion of Peter? only to find the circumstances and the surroundings we find ourselves in are not what we imagined they would be. And the difficulty we encountered made us feel like we were separated from God, separated from distance, separated by darkness, separated by danger. 
and the uncertainty of the storm is so great. But let me just tell you, as you go through those difficult times, look behind you and save the scraps. Because at some point, you will need them again. At some point, they will be what give you life. And they will be what give you nutrition. And they will be what helps you make it through the next day. Because every one of us is going to go through difficult times. You will go through days of uncertainty. You will go go through days of darkness. You will go through days where you don't know if you can make it through the next. But it's the scraps. It's the leftover broken pieces. It's the abundance of what God provided when we weren't sure how we were going to make it through that will sustain you and carry you through those difficult days that lie ahead. So as we're out on the water, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. See him. Listen to his voice. Follow him. Save the scraps. Last Sunday night when we got finished, I told everyone that I was blown away by our generosity as a church. I was blown away by what God did here at Shiloh Road. And Willie Freeman came up to me when we got done. And he said, you know what? You said you were blown away. But I got to tell you, I'm not. And if you had been here from the beginning, you wouldn't have been blown away either. I think Willie has an abundance of broken pieces left over. He's got a lot of scraps that he can point back to and say, this is what God has done. I have no doubt this is what God will continue to do. He says, I wasn't surprised at all. In fact, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was more. I think that comes from saving the scraps, from looking back and seeing how God has continued to provide, continued to show goodness, continued to show his faithfulness to his people. So as you go through the difficulty, as you go through the times of uncertainty, as you go through the times of blessing and abundance, look behind you and save the scraps. Father, today, in this place, we pray your blessing over us. We ask for your goodness, your face to turn towards us, and Father, for you to give us your peace. And Father, in the difficulty, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the distance and the danger, Father, remind us that you are with us and that you are good. And Father, that we find our hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.